You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Christmas episode of Life Repurposed. This week is going to be a little bit different from the usual episodes in that I have some special friends who are going to be joining me. What we've done is members of the Christian Podcasters Association have gotten together and each recorded a five-minute episode just for Christmas. Then we all swapped episodes with each other And so we've each put together different versions of a Christmas episode with various formats. So you're going to enjoy this one because there are some things that are very different from what I usually do on Life Repurposed. You will hear some dramatic reenactment, some commentary, all different things that other podcasters do. I'd like to invite you to go to the show notes that you'll find at michellerayburn.com slash 72. And there I will have links to all of the people that participated in this Christmas exchange. I will link to where you can listen to their full shows and also link to any resources that they mention in here. I'll even link to the Christian Podcasters Association if you know of somebody who might be interested in being a member. So that will all be in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 72. So for now, I invite you to sit back and listen and enjoy this Christmas episode. Hello, this is Moni, and I'm the podcast host of Moments with Moni. You know, as we gather this Christmas, it may look very different for many across the world. Lives have been in upheaval, but they have also been blessed I'm reminded of the cold, hard winter our family went through when our sons were young. My husband was not able to find work locally and ended up working in the woods, marking trees for the Forest Service. He was very late coming home one weekend. The car slid off the road in the ice. Unexpected things happen in life, but it is never a surprise to our God. While away, my husband wrote a new Christmas song for our family. When our sons were old enough to join in, we all recorded the song, and it is now touching another generation of hearts in our grandchildren. Remember, no matter the situation in life, God has given us the greatest gift we could ever receive.
you to listen to Moments with Moni, where we look at life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Until we meet each other here, there, or in the air, Frohe Weihnachten, Feliz Navidad, and Merry Christmas. I'm Chris Darren, and this is Truce. The men were tired of sitting around, waiting for the sea to carry them. Their tents rested on ice flows in the Weddell Sea, near Antarctica, but alas, not on the great continent itself. Their ship splintered and sank nearly a year before, crushed by great slabs of ice. Though it was the strongest vessel of the era, she now lay at the bottom of the sea. Their leader explained that the ocean itself could move them towards safety faster than they could walk. But they'd have to wait. So that's what they did, day after day, waiting for the natural currents to push them northwest. It was 1915. Europe was in turbulent war. But the Arctic was a slow, monotonous threat. Cold doesn't kill you instantly. First, it invites you to sleep, to lose faith, or to grow complacent. The men had had enough waiting. They wanted to survive on their own steam, to pursue the land some 200 miles to the west. But first, they had to wait, endure. Finally, their leader gave them the signal. They would move forward, but they'd have to leave much of their supplies behind. Travel light. It would be Christmas in a few days. This would be their celebration, so they gorged themselves on all non-essential rations. Then they walked. Half a mile, maybe a mile per day. Men took turns pulling boats and sleds with straps. They slept in slush. They marched in slush, probably dreaming of one year earlier. Back then, they had been warm aboard the Endurance, their strong, sturdy ship. They decorated the wardroom with bunting. They'd enjoyed a Christmas dinner of soup, herring, plum pudding, sweets, stout, and rum. Safe and warm. The first officer wrote in his diary, from the comfort of the ship, here endeth another Christmas day. I wonder how and under what circumstances our next one will be spent. We, with the benefit of history, know what their next Christmas held. Sledging across slush after a year adrift. It one desperate attempt to cross the ice safely. Little did Shackleton's men know their efforts, half a mile or one mile per day, would eventually lead them to safety every one of the men aboard the Endurance endured to the end. The story of Shackleton's second attempt at the Antarctic is one of the best I've ever read. 
it makes me think of the year we've had. Who would have thought a year ago, while we were hanging our stockings and singing our Christmas hymns, that we'd be where we are now? We'd have survived a global pandemic, a recession, murder hornets, for goodness sakes. Some of us might be tempted to rest in the cold and slush of this year, to grouse, to complain, to blame someone else. When we look back and marvel at what one year can do, it helps if we inspect our foundation. Is your life built on the rock of Jesus something that cannot fail? Can a foreclosure, job insecurity, disease, the death of a loved one, or the grating pressure of anger sink your ship, destroy your faith? Or this Christmas, will you choose to fill yourself with good food, the camaraderie of those around you, and set your eyes on the greater prize Christ has set before you? Not because you think works will save you, but because you're already saved. Will you take up those straps that you don't know what's ahead? Will you brace yourself against the icy wind of public outrage to place one foot in front of another? Will you help those in your team when they fall, when they can't find the strength to move on? Onward, my friends. We've had plenty of time to complain and lick our wounds. It's time to press onward. This episode is inspired by the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the Truce Podcast wherever you get podcasts or at trucepodcast.com. I'm Chris Steren, and this is Truce. The last few days I've been reading the birth story of our Lord, and not around singing at the retirement home like we like to do, or with our kids around the table or at Christmas dinner, but just me alone on my knees, meditating upon the whole passage and all that transpired and what struck me so much that I couldn't get out of my heart and mind is Elizabeth and what she was going through. She and her husband, Zacharias, it says in Luke 1, 6, that they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And yet she was barren for decades beyond. And I'm sure she really wanted kids. They both did. And yet, yet that is something that didn't get answered for them until an angel of the Lord comes to Zacharias on just an ordinary day, working at the temple, fulfilling his responsibilities. And when the angel came, he wasn't ready. He was so stunned that he responded in unbelief. And then the angel said, you're not going to be able to speak. And he had all those months to store up the lessons and to see how God was working and speaking in him, and his faith was ultimately tested. Zacharias and Elizabeth, when it was time for the naming of the baby, the friends and the relatives came around and they said, oh, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. But they both remained firm against what everyone was saying. Elizabeth said, no, he shall be called John. And then Zacharias and his opportunity to redeem what he had messed up, asked for the tablet and wrote down, his name shall be John. And at that very moment, the Lord 
released his tongue and he began to praise God and everyone was looking on with awe and wonder. And they got to be the parents of John. Yes, John the Baptist, who was a voice in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. What a privilege. And I'm sure it was hard too. And as I look back on this beautiful story and I think about my own life, sometimes I think it feels like I'm going through a personal wilderness where prayers aren't being answered and things aren't making sense. I think during this pandemic, so many things, unanswered prayer, so many people dying. It seems like, Lord, we're living righteously like they were, but all these things are happening. But then I look at verses like Habakkuk 1.5, where the Lord says, For I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe though it were told you. And I remind myself, God is doing great things. And in this wilderness time, there will be an everyday moment. God is going to come to me. He's going to come to you to do something extraordinary. And I want to be ready. This is Meg Gleesner from Letters from Home Podcast, where we like to share everyday extraordinary faith stories. Are you ready to hear great stories from the Bible with a nice dose of lighthearted humor? It's time for The Bible, But Funnier, with your host, Jake Doberin. story is taken from Matthew chapter 2. Jesus had been born in the rinky-dinky town of Bethlehem. Far from the manger where the baby Jesus laid, King Herod sat in an ornate palace in Jerusalem. Herod managed the land, but he really answered to Caesar. Yet, he made his subjects call him king because he thought he was all that and a bag of chips. Word of Jesus' birth came through wise men, magi, from the east when they came to Jerusalem. They came by celestial GPS, a bright shining star that zipped and zapped through the night sky. They asked the king, Hey, where's that baby born, the king of the Jews? Got any deets on that? We saw a star and have come to worship him. Herod replied, Uh, what now? Herod was a textbook evil king. He didn't like competition. He gathered together the priests and the teacher of the law. They told him that, well, according to the prophecies, you can expect the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, Herod was not going to have any of that, if he had anything to say about it. So he called the Magi back to him secretly. Herod chose his words carefully. Yeah, wise guys, uh, I heard this baby king is in Bethlehem. Go in and search for the child now. And when you find him, report the location back to me so I can, uh, you know, go and worship him too. Little baby kings. I just love him. Yeah, he uh, wasn't very convincing. The Magi continued on their way, following the star. After a slight detour, when they accidentally were led to a fast food joint with a neon star on top, they eventually located Jesus' current crash pad. The wise men approached the home, hearing a baby cry. 
It was anything but a silent night. They came in and saw the child was there with his mother, Mary. They looked around. It wasn't quite where they expected a future king to be born. They had just come from a palace. And this was not a palace. But they bowed down anyway, down onto the dirt, worshipping the baby. The Magi humbly gifted Jesus with gold, myrrh, and Frankenstein, Frank frankincense. Mary was smart and immediately put the gifts into Jesus' college fund. She was a savvy saver. The Magi took turns holding baby Jesus. Balthazar was honored to have Jesus spit up on him. The Magi didn't return to King Herod. A dream revealed that the baby they met would have more authority than the king currently on the throne. An angel appeared in a dream to Joseph, wife of Mary. He was told to take the mother and child to Egypt since Herod was on the hunt for the baby king. Upon realizing that the Magi had ditched him, Herod was furious to the max. So furious that he gave orders to kill all the boys under two years old in the whole area around Bethlehem. Definitely an evil king. But Herod eventually died. He wanted to be large and in charge, but no matter how much earthly power he had, his power could never match that of baby Jesus. True power doesn't come from the throne you sit on. It comes from God. And Jesus, the Messiah, Son of God, part human, part God, has all the power. When that baby grew up, the world would be changed. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus ripples through time and space. Herod ruled 30-some-odd years in a small province of the Roman Empire. Jesus rules forever over the whole universe. It's only logical to choose Jesus. Thanks for listening to this mini-episode. You can find The Bible, but funnier, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Visit us online at theophanymedia.com slash Bible dash but dash funnier. Hi there, this is Michelle Rayburn from the Life Repurposed podcast and the author of The Repurposed and Upcycled Life When God Turns Trash to Treasure. I'd like to invite you to have some Christmas tea with me for a few minutes served up with a few cheesy puns. Christmas is a brutiful time of year, but in the midst of hanging the lights, baking and decorating, and elaborate preparations for those parties and activities, it's easy to forget that Christ's presence in our hearts matters more than anything else. Okay, okay, before you turn to hostility, I'll spare you an overdose of my personality. Jesus stepped down to be Emmanuel, God with us, to change us. Not so we could give presents and eat cookies every December. Not so we could be comfortable and self-centered and rant and rave on social media. Not so we could just wear a cross around our neck or put Jesus bumper stickers on our cars. He came to change us. This is where I break into song with, Oh Christmas tea, or not. Jesus came to change everything about us. He changes us from within. We become like a cup of hot water infused with tea leaves, and we will never be the same again. But notice how the transformation happens in a cup of tea only when the water is good and hot. Our life isn't going to be trouble-free, and this year has possibly turned up the heat on you. Have you embraced the transformation? 
Two things happen when Jesus changes us. Well, lots of things happen, but let's focus on two. First, we're steeped in grace. Like when I steep my tea, you know, dunking the bag in a bunch of times, it gets darker and darker and more like tea. I no longer call it hot water anymore, I call it tea. When we're steeped in His grace, we allow Jesus to change our hearts, our attitudes, and our approach, to dunk us over and over with that water so that we become more like Him. The other thing that happens is we're sweetened with His love. Sugar is odorless and colorless, but you sure can taste it when it's in the tea. As people of Christ, we are to be the sweet flavor of Jesus to the people around us. I can't separate out the tea or the sugar once it's in the cup. So as we think about Jesus this season, let's have a cup of Christmas tea and think about this verse from 2 Corinthians 3.18. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. When we're steeped in God's grace, sweetened with His love, we give off the flavor and the aroma of Christ's peace. We're brew teaful. How will you allow Jesus to change you this season? Who will you reach out to with that love and grace during this Christmas season? If this holiday looks different from past ones, I pray that this is a flavor-enhancing time where God's presence becomes so evident in you that other people are drawn to the light, the peace, the joy, and the hope that you reflect from our Savior. Ephesians three sixteen and 17 says, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. I hope He has made His home in your heart. Emmanuel came to dwell with us, to know our sorrow and experience our happiness. Christmas is the perfect opportunity. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. The perfect opportunity for us to reflect and think about what a gift Jesus brought us. As you celebrate his nativity, I wish you peace. I invite you to check out the Life Repurpose podcast where we focus each week on how God turns life's trash into treasure. I hope you enjoyed listening to all of my friends from the Christian Podcasters Association. Like I said, I invite you to go to the show notes at michellebrayburn.com slash 72. And there you will find links to all of the shows that were featured on today's episode. I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a wonderful time with your family celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.